Welcome to Mytho Ladies, a podcast where we talk about women in mythology and folklore all around the world. We're your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Lizzie. So, Zoe, who are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about La Eshtabai. Interesting. Have you, do you know anything about her? No, I've never heard of her. Awesome. So, I discovered this lady recently while we were researching for the Woman of the Underworld episode. And I thought she seemed really cool. So uh, I'm going to start out with a quote from a text I found, which is The Influences of Some Mexican Folklore and Beliefs on Mexican Life by Leona Lampi. Um, And is virtue is in the heart and not in the actions of men. Fill your heart with virtue. And when you die, you will go to the place where all is happiness under the tall and leafy God trees, which await in heaven for those men who are good. A wise saying is that one must not only remember the things of life, but also the things of death. Listen, and you will see how this is so. Nice. So. She from? Did you say that? Oh, yeah. So this is a Yucatec Mayan myth. Ah, okay. And she is a female demon who lures men to their deaths. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So a few things before we get to, like, the legend. This is both a older legend and more of an urban legend so like there's stories like this is still like an urban legend today but it has like older origins which i'll talk about so she has long shiny black hair and a white dress that falls to her ankles Hmm. and the term eshtab is likely derived from ishtab who's the mayan goddess of suicide by hanging slash the gallows um so ishtab is considered a benevolent goddess, and uh, she leads souls who die by suicide into the afterlife. And actually, suicide was considered an honorable form of death by the Mayans. So, Hmm. yeah, she was Oh, because of, like, sacrificing yourself? Yeah, I believe so. Um, And so, La Eshtabai also means, according to some sources, the sinner. Hmm. So, the legend begins... um, So, there are two beautiful women. They're equally beautiful. And often they're said to be sisters... And they live in a village or a pueblo on the Yucatan Peninsula. And so one of them is Esqueban, which means the sinner or the prostitute. And she is promiscuous. And she's treated poorly by the community, but she has a warm heart. And then I couldn't find a pronunciation for this, so I'm going to try and do my best. Um, Utskolel, which means the good. So she's celibate. She's honored by the community. But she's got a cold heart. She's super mean. So um, I have another quote, um, which says, from, again, uh, the influence of some, of some Mexican folklore and beliefs on Mexican life. And it says, But the bad woman, despite who in, being who she was, did good deeds freely, wherever she could and whenever she could. She was very sympathetic and helped the beggars who came to her for aid. She cured the sick, forgotten poor. She sheltered useless animals. 
Never had she been heard to complain, and above all, she was humble of heart and suffered silently all the abuses and insults of the townspeople. Utskolel, on the other hand, although very virtuous of body, was inflexible and hard of character, and she had such egotistical sentiments that she, was, she treated with scorn the beggars who approached her, not giving them even a crust of bread, for she said that it would foment vagrancy. She had disdain for the humble, considering them inferior to her, and she did not cure the sick by her repugnance. Her virtue, which she did not ever expose to the temptations of love, was as rigid as an upright pole, and her heart was as cold as the skin of the serpent. Interesting. Yeah. They both so, sound great. <laughs> <laughs> so the villagers wanted to exile Escaban, but they decided to keep her around to humiliate her more, basically, and be mean to her. Oh. Yeah, so not very nice. But despite her poor treatment, she was super kind, um, while Utskolel was super cruel. But they adored her anyway. Um, the townspeople did, and they ignored her cruelty. Hmm. So then at one point, the townspeople hadn't seen Esquiban for a while, and um, they wondered where she was, and they didn't know where she was. Um, and so after several days, they noticed a strong, sweet smell of flowers. Um, and so the townspeople followed the smell and found her body surrounded by fragrant flowers and being guarded by animals, and she was dead. And oh. I didn't find cause of death, but, like, she died. Um, so the homeless and the poor that she helped gave her a funeral. And a mysterious, beautiful, and sweet-smelling flower grew around her grave. And it's called the Estabentun. And so the stories say that the Estabentun is found in hedges. And this is because it seeks shelter there due to its defenselessness. As Esquiban felt defenseless when she was human. And the flowers are also made into a liqueur of the same name, and it says, The juice of this flower intoxicates pleasantly, however, as does love, as did the love of Esquiban. That's nice. Yeah, so, you know, she became this beautiful flower. However, That's nice, because her, her soul was, like, good things, like, beautiful yeah, things. definitely. That's nice. It sounds like a fairy tale. Yeah, de oh, totally does. She was jealous of Esteban because she thought her body smelled so good when she died. And she was like, how did this woman's body smell so good when she was like so sinful and evil and promiscuous? But then she thought, oh, but I'm so pure, so my body will smell much better than once I die. But then That's when she did die, her body had a really awful rotting smell. So it had a, quote, unbearable stench as of putrid meat. Wow. Yeah. So the entire Pueblo slash village gathered for her funeral, and many were impressed by her life because she died a virgin. Um, and they immediately buried her body the next day, um, presumably because it smelled so bad, um, personally, uh, I think. Probably. Um, <laughs> uh, and they put flowers on her grave, but the next day they were gone. And they immediately were like, this is the work of demons. Mm-hmm. And so some flowers grew out of her grave, too. They were the tzakam, which is a spiky cactus-like flower, which has a bad smell. Um, I personally think it's kind of cool looking, but, like, definitely dif very different from the eshtabentun uh, when it comes to symbolism. Because mm -hmm. it's, like, literally a cactus. And so um, they say... Because of her spiky personality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they say it grows rigidly erect as virtue must stand. 
Um, and when one tries to pick this flower, he usually pricks himself on the many cactus spines. So, um, not very nice. So, um, supposedly Uthkolel was really upset with this outcome as a spirit, so she prayed to the evil spirits to be made a woman again so she could be a beautiful flower. But she was so motivated by jealousy that she couldn't feel love um, and so she became a demon. Hmm. Because um, she was like, I want to be reborn. I want to like live my life again so I can become a beautiful flower. But she f- didn't realize that like the thing about Esquiban was that she was just a really wonderful person. And so she was like, I'm ac- she was so full of hatred and jealousy that she became like this evil demonic spirit. Um, and she took on the name of the woman she hated as revenge, and she also decided that, like, she was gonna, like, act as Esquiban in her second life and, like, be promiscuous and have sex with men, which is, like, the thing that she hadn't been doing her whole first life, and, like, that didn't do her any good. But, again, since she was so mean and cruel, it became, like, a demonic thing as opposed to, like, like a kind thing or whatever. That's fascinating. I love that origin story. Yeah, so the, a quote I have. The woman converted into the Tzakam began to reflect on the strange case of Esquiban and finally came to the conclusion that because Esquiban's sins had been of love only, she had received pleasant judgment after her death. Therefore, she planned to imitate Esquiban by surrendering herself also to love. However, she neglected to realize that if Esquiban had surrendered herself to love, it was from the goodness of her heart. And because it had been a natural impulse, while Utskulel would submit to love in its most perverse forms, following thus her evil inclinations. Hmm. But in a way, her revenge is short-lived because they only remember the name of her rival, not her own name. So they remember the name of La Eshtabai, um, as opposed to the name of Utskulel. So the moral is... Now then, according to the opinion of many who find great wisdom in the folklore tradition, all this has an explanation. Esquiban, who loved freely and indiscriminately, actually harming no one, had been in reality a virtuous woman, while Utskolel, although untarnished in body, had been a sinful woman because, as says the Indian, virtue is in the heart and not only in the actions of men. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. It's quite a nice sentiment. Yeah. So, the modern-slash-urban legend, she has a white dress, long dark hair, and dark eyes. And she usually attrib- she uses these attributes to attract men out late at night. So the legends often say that they're drunk, um, quote, during times of delusion and blurry vision. So, yeah. Um, and also, um, some versions have her appearing in any form or gender that will lure the person away, so not just men. Hmm. But uh, that's less fun, so... Uh, she says she's said to be particularly attracted to men who don't have any sexual experience because they don't have this knowledge to be forewarned against this kind of woman. Like, they're just, like, really want to get laid, basically. And so they see this woman, they're like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Preying on their innocence, I guess. Yeah. And so she's said to be, uh, she waits behind a seba tree to lure men. And sometimes she sings a song while she waits, which is, ooh, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the Sabah tree is actually sacred in Mayan mythology, and it's said that virtuous people become them after death. Um, and so then interesting. But also, legend says that if you can see a punsa dorach plant by the Seba tree, it's a sign that La Eshtabai is waiting behind it. And then modern legend says that the roots of the Seba tree contained all the victims of La Eshtabai, and no one has escaped, so they're all trapped there. That's cool. Yeah. So she's also said to comb her hair with the spines of the Tsakam cactus, so like the one that was growing from her grave. That's fun. Yeah. So she lures men deep into the forest, and basically when they see her, they lose all common sense that would allow them to wonder why a woman is in the forest late at night, and then they follow her. They become lost and disoriented, and then she has sex with them. And afterwards, she transforms into a poisonous snake and devours them. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's a few, uh, there's a few alter- um, alternate versions, which makes sense, because like, it's an urban legend, so there's a bunch of different like variations. So some say that she throws them off a cliff and then rips out their hearts afterwards. Um, and some stories say that she throws them into a well, which kind of feels like into the underworld. True. So also kind of reminds me of a fairy tale. Yeah. And then some stories they say that she doesn't actually have sex with them, that she just starts to embrace them. And then suddenly she's a giant snake and then she eats them. And basically um, very few people survive. Uh, and those that tend to do tend to be driven mad by the experience. So mm. um, you can't really escape the same person. Yeah. You either die or you are driven to madness. Yeah. Um, then there are legends in the region of Quintana Roo that say she punishes drunks, thieves, and violent criminals. So in that region, she's more of like a um, a justice bringer as opposed to like an evil demon Hmm. um so that's interesting yeah yeah and so before i go on do you have any extra thoughts about her my main thought is that i think she's very cool Mm -hmm. yeah however i think escaban too bad her story ends with her dying i would like to see her become like a cool demon Mm -hmm. but yeah, I suppose it's not part of her nature to be a genius. Yeah, I, I think this story is so fascinating because there's so much going on. Like, obviously, there's like the Madonna horror dichotomy, but it's not it's like subverted because the woman who's um, being like promiscuous is the good person. And the woman who's a virgin is like super cruel and mean. And the woman who's like promiscuous, even though she's like tortured tormented by the town she gets justice in the end and the woman yeah it goes to show you like don't judge someone by their sexuality i guess yeah but then um the woman uh you know the woman who's a virgin like becomes this evil demon so like she doesn't like you know she's not saved by her like virginity she doesn't go to heaven or whatever um like she um becomes this evil demon and like maybe she's like it's sort of also a story about like what happens it's like an extreme example of what happens if you're forced to like repress your sexuality all the time in a way because she's sort of like yeah interesting like obviously i see this woman who's you know promiscuous and she's getting shamed a bunch so i'm not gonna do that um and i'm gonna like sort of develop a superiority complex about that but then I find out that, like, it doesn't really matter in the end because she was still a better person than me. And then so she's sort of like, I'm just going to go crazy and I'm just going to, like, 
you know, do all the things that I kept myself from doing because I thought it would, like, make me a better person or I would be rewarded for it in the end. Mm-hmm. There's also the fact that um, Escaban, she gets to, like, rest in peace and, yeah. you know, she gets to be in peace forever. Uh-huh. Whereas Utskolel has to, like, live this horrible existence yeah. the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So there's some other interesting things is that some people believe this legend was created by Spanish colonizers um, in order to create order among colonized subjects and um, basically demean local mythology in favor of Christian mythology. Huh. So um, an example of that is that it modified Mayan symbols to promote the agenda of colonization. So for example... As I said earlier, the Seba tree is sacred in Mayan mythology, and in the legend it's transformed from a place of holiness to a place of danger. And so it could then promote Christianity as a salvation or safety from such danger. And then also, like, looking at the symbolism and stories of uh, the two women, even though um, Esqueban is like you know she like which is also very interesting because she's not like the traditional like christian good christian woman like she is you know she's promiscuous she's not like being the good like you know christian like you know virginal woman that like we're supposed to look up to in like christianity but she's um the idea that like if you suffer in life you'll be rewarded in the afterlife as long as you're still a good person is a very Christian idea. It's like a very Catholic mm-hmm. idea. Um, you know, like, oh, you go through all the struggles, but like in the end, her body was sweet smelling and flowers grew out of her grave and everyone knew in the end that she was the good one. Um, that to me is like, definitely has like, you know, Catholic and Christian ideas um, within it. And like the woman who like acts like good on the outside, um, but is, like, cruel on the inside, uh, being punished, definitely, especially, like, if Catholicism and, like, justification by good works is also very important, which means that, like, be- having faith isn't enough. You also have to, like, do good, I think. So, like, even though Utskolel um, was, like, a virgin and wasn't, like, being, you know, you know, impure or whatever, she was still super cruel, and so that wasn't enough in itself to, like bring her to salvation so i feel like looking at the story you can definitely see the um christian influences yeah do you think it's possible it was like adapted rather than like made by the spanish colonizers yeah um it could definitely be adapted i think um another thought i had is um the idea that la eshtabai is um possibly adapted from ishtab the goddess of people who died by suicide. Um, and yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. So Ishtab like is a good, you know, she's a good goddess. Like there's not a lot about her, but like she's cool. You know, she takes people to the underworld and like, you know, guides them and she's very kind. And again, like I said, in Mayan culture, um, suicide is considered an honorable thing. And that's like completely the opposite in like Christianity, Catholicism, like Suicide is a mortal sin if you do it, like, you will go to hell, is, like, the traditional idea. Um, All right. So, I feel like 
in a way, they're sort of, like, corrupting this image of this woman, this goddess who completely goes against their ideas, like, the ideas of Christianity by creating this, like, demonic figure that, like, is now, like, leading you, instead of leading you safely to the underworld, is leading you astray and killing you and, like, trapping you. Yeah. I mean, that theory definitely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Do you think it's, like, the most likely, or... Um, maybe. Um, I didn't see any other, really, theories. It was really hard to find a ton of information on this. A lot of the sources were in Spanish, um, I managed to, like, I really, like, scrounged. I found a lot of articles, like, uh, that were in English, and I also used, like, the Google um, translate this article into English from Spanish, and, like, the articles didn't seem to be too, like, jumbled, so I, like, felt that it was, an, like, I could get okay information from them. But there wasn't, there really isn't, like, a ton of information on, like, the source of this legend besides like the theory that it was created by colonizers or at least adapted by colonizers in order to promote the agenda of christianity but it still is like very much like a like a present like um in like modern like urban legend and also there's like a statue of the two sisters which is cool that you can where is it um i can't remember the exact location um but it's in it's on the yucatan peninsula that sounds very yeah. nice. And it's it's a nice statue. Um, so, like, honestly, a lot of the stuff when you search La Eshtabai is, like, we visited this place with the statue. Um, and not, like, a lot more information. But, you know, knowing about the statue is cool, like, to know that they're commemorated in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's a very cool story. I really, really like yeah, it. Yeah, I think, like, I read it and I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. Um, so a few other things. Um... This is considered to be pretty similar to the legend of La Llorona, which I'm yeah. sure you've heard of. And I'm not going to talk too much about her because I'm guessing we're going to want to do an episode on her um, in her own right because she's fascinating. Um, but basically, she's the ghost of a woman who um, there's a lot of variations, but a lot of them involves her like being jilted by a man and murdering her children. And now she wanders Mexico and lures away children. And she's also wears white, which also ties into um, the depictions of La Eshtabai. And she can also be pitied and feared at the same time. Yeah. And instead of, like, walking around in mourning, La Eshtabai is more like walking around in, like, jealousy mm -hmm. and, like, whatever. So she's also compared to the story of La Malinche, who was a Nahua woman who acted as an advisor and translator for Hernán Cortés and the Spanish conquistadors, and that aided their conquest of uh, the Aztec Empire. And so she was a real-life person, but she has become, like, a to completely legendary figure um, due to its mixing with other legends and the transformation of, like, descriptions of her character throughout centuries. Um, and so th in her legend, she's also cursed to wander rivers aimlessly, and she curses those who look at her. Like, if you look at her, your neck is stuck in the position um, that you looked at her until you get blessed by, like, a local healer. Wow. Which is really interesting and really freaky. Yeah, I hadn't heard something like that before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I also thought those that was interesting. Um, this sort of, like, group of different... Um, 
ghostly women that wander, you know, around Mexico. And all, all of them are sort of tied to stories of colonization. That's really the end of my notes, but if you have, like, any more thoughts, we can definitely discuss. Mostly I just thought she was extremely cool, and both of the women were extremely cool, and their origin story was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And the name La Eshtabai is also very cool. Yeah. Did you have any more etymology on that? Or Not just really. Or it comes from Ishtab? That it comes from Ishtab, or possibly it also means, like, the sinner. Right, so. yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, she's very cool. Yeah, it also kind of reminds me of, like, the fairy tale of the two sisters, where it's, like, one of them um, is in love with a man but the man falls in love with the other one so the woman so the sister that's rejected like drowns the other sister and she floats down the river and um like the a miller finds her and then like leaves her on the banks and then a fiddler comes and makes her bones into a fiddle but when he plays the fiddle it sings the story of her um murder well that's fun yeah and that reminded me of that. Yeah, definitely had a very fairy tale esque quality. Totally, I like thought. definitely the two sisters fighting each other, the very strong moralistic aspect of the story. Um, yeah, and the whole like the good one gets flowers around her body. Yeah, and, and her body smells like the, flowers when she dies. But the old one, the bad yeah, very one, very fairy tale smells like rotting meat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, like there's just so many like fairy tales that are like this, she was so good and like kind. But everyone hated her. But in the end, she's, like, redeemed. Like, literally Cinderella is that. Yeah. Um, and For sure. And then, of course, all the different versions of Cinderella that exist all around the world that are seemingly unconnected, which is fascinating. But, but, yeah, I thought, like, it was a really cool story. And it's super interesting the ways that it's, like, heavily moralistic but contradicts a lot of morals, like, ideas of morals, considering that Escoban was, um, you know, promiscuous but ultimately is the good guy. Um, but then also it does play into a lot of other ideas of morals. And like, you know, if you suffer, you're going to be the virtuous one. Like you're the one who like gets to be rewarded in the end. And then we get a really cool female demon out of it who turns into a giant yeah, snake. Yeah, she was very cool. And needs men, which I love that. I love the snake bit. It's very fun. Yeah. yeah, I tried to look into more about the urban legend aspect, but... Um, Unfortunately, could not find much more, but yeah. I, well, regardless, her story is very cool. Mm-hmm. I've said that like a million times, but it's true. Yeah. So that is La Eshtabai. I love her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was today's episode, and uh, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Mytho Ladies podcast is produced by Elizabeth LaCroix and Zoe Kenninger. Today's episode was researched and presented by Zoe Kenninger. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MythoLadies and visit us on our website at MythoLadies.com. Our cover art is by Helena Cayo. Our music was written and performed by Icarus Tyree. Thanks for listening. See you next week.